Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Ladies and gentlemen, you ready? To, you ready? You ready? You've seen this incredible woman in Insecure. You've seen her special, I Be Known, on HBO. Please give it up right now for Amanda Seal. Yes! This is exciting. I haven't been in front of this many white people since the congressional hearing. Hello, hello, welcome to uh, Small Doses, and it only seems right that we hit you with the theme song. Small Doses, self-help from the hip. Small Doses, we're talking that shit. Small Doses, and keeping it real. Small Doses, with me and them seals. It's so funky. You're in for a treat. This is our first ever Small Doses Live. So it's a seminal moment. So thank you to Clusterfest for giving us the opportunity to do this thing here. For those of you who don't know, Small Doses is a podcast that I do that I just described in that catchy jingle as self-help from the hip. Um, But essentially, really, it's just me talking about different shit. So every episode, we have a side effects of. Okay, so we've done a bevy of side effects of. Side effects of fuck boys. I know y'all know about that. <laughs> side effects of white women. <laughs> we've done side effects of being a cancer. It's cancer season! Everybody start crying. Yeah, the tears, they're coming. And by the way, uh, I read a horoscope that said cancer season for cancers this year is going to be a bitch. So (laughs) deal with that. Uh, There's two eclipses, and apparently eclipses mean chaos. So it's going to be so fun. Um, But we'd like to do uh, topics that are universal and even if they're not universal that like even if you're not necessarily dealing with it yourself that somebody else you know is dealing with or that just basically are within the zeitgeist of just being a human in this world so that is how we function here at Small Doses today's episode and I don't even think our guest knows that this is the topic do you know what the topic is? No. <laughs> yes! Ooh. Uh, today's episode is side effects of being a workaholic. Oh, <laughs> he just said, God damn it. Um, so, first of all, let me just say this. The whole workaholic thing, before we even go further... I think that there's definitely an idea that that was just like a little fun term, you know, that people would say, like, oh, my God, I'm like such a workaholic, oh, my God. But then it's become like an actual addiction. 
You know, people definitely use work to like get over anxiety, like, like to, to deal with anxiety, to escape, to avoid, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so we have to acknowledge that we are now like in this space where work has become not just about like getting a job done to get funds, but also simply just about like a device that you're using to not deal with some other shit that you need to be dealing with. So you're like, you know, instead of working on that, I'm gonna just go over here and do this work. And that becomes a problem. So we're gonna talk about that. Uh, but before we talk about that with our guests, we're gonna do a little segment called Gem Dropping. Gem Dropping. Gem Dropping. Gem Dropping. We dropping on these hoes. <laughs> Today's Gem Dropping. <laughs> I feel like y'all need that again. Jam dropping. We dropping on these hoes. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I'm going to feel that later. Um, So, today's jam dropping is workaholic versus hard worker. Okay? Comparing the two and breaking it down. Now, when we talk about somebody who is a hard worker, that's somebody that's really just getting it in, you know, that's committed to their work ethic, that really is just making sure that they're handling their end of the bargain in whatever job that they have signed up to do or in whatever path they've signed up to do, right? So, like, I know a lot of us are out here on the grind. We hustling. We trying to get it in. I like y'all because you be nodding like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest of y'all are looking at me like, I thought this was a comedy show. There'll be jokes, just we got to drop some jams first, as the, as the jingle suggested. So, you know, when you're working hard, though, it's not supposed to feel like all-encompassing with every element of your life, right? Like, you shouldn't necessarily have to be forsaking other things that lift you up, that build you up, that revitalize you in order to work. And the, pre- the problem is that sometimes we get misled with that thought process and we're told like, oh, if you're a hard worker, that's all you're going to do. All you're going to be doing is working. And sometimes I'm like, nah, like part of me working hard is me chilling right now. Because this chill right now is essential to me being able to work my hardest when I'm back on the working, right? It's essential. It's essential. If you never chill, if you never rejuvenate, then you're not working at the, you're not able to get back on, on par on your square. You're always working at less. That's why Google be putting food and snacks <laughs> within five feet of every cubicle because they're like, no, rejuvenate and get back to work, bitch. So, you know, with the workaholic, though, a workaholic is somebody that isn't just working hard. They're not just working towards a goal, but their work is oftentimes the thing that is distracting them from enjoying or even taking place or even dealing with anything else in their life. And it oftentimes is used as an excuse to not have to face shit or face somebody. Or if you have a commitment issue, it's real convenient to be like, well, you know, I have to work. And you know what? Let me just tell you that. that. I, if I get one more I'm busy text, fuck y'all. I sent John Legend a tweet and he replied in two minutes. If he could dip me back in two minutes, you ain't that busy. 
My good friend is an OBGYN. I texted her once and she literally called me and said, hey girl, I'm elbows deep in a uterus right now. Can I call you back? She didn't even say like, I'ma call you back. Can, is it urgent? Can I call you back? I'm like, you know what? Uh, hysterectomy before me. Hit me after you've descrubbed. You know, I don't know what the term is. But like, I'm like, that's, that's an extreme example, but I just feel like there's definitely an idea these days that work, when you're a workaholic, is a viable excuse for inconsideration. Keep it 100. People love to use work as a reason why they don't have to be considerate or they don't have to follow through or they don't have to be reliable. And if you are a workaholic, you're like, I don't understand the problem. Because you're like, no, this is more important. This is my priority. I got to get this. I got to be about this. This is everything. And anything else that is not related to that can wait. Don't that sound a lot like an addict? That's addiction. Addiction is this is all that matters. Everything else is going to have to succumb to this. And when you see how addiction plays out, it affects families and affects relationships, etc. Because eventually people are like, well, I ain't going to fucking keep battling you for this. Like, you really want this that bad? You know, you're not really caring about this over here? Like, I can't be a part of this. That's what happens with workaholics. We put our work so much at the top of our priorities that we forget that it's everything else that makes our work even purposeful. That's the thing. If, if, if everything, like that's the whole point. You're working so that you can enjoy your life. When you're a hard worker, you understand that you got to work hard because that gives you purpose. That gives you, you know, uh, actuality and a realization of things. But it also gives you a certain level of, um, I don't know, like I feel like when I work hard on shit, like I feel like, yeah, nigga, I did that. Like, <laughs> you can't say that, but you know the sentiment. <laughs> You know, yours is like, yeah, Linda, I did that, you know? <laughs> that's what y'all should really just, you should just replace nigga with Linda, you know? Shit in the Compton, the crazy motherfucker named Ice Cube from the group called Linda with Attitude. <laughs> Woo, yeah, I'm running with it. Uh, <laughs> And so, you know, it's, there's a certain fulfillment that I get when I know that I've worked hard on something and I've achieved it. And then I also get a lot of fulfillment from knowing like, that's done. That's finished. Let me stop down and start something new. And it's like, I think in America, like we definitely are just not really like adept at knowing sometimes when to draw that boundary and when to cut it. And we are definitely expected to work so much harder for everybody else than ourselves. That's a fact. We are taught, like, work harder for everyone else and put you last. Fuck that. Like, if I'm working hard for you and it's building me up, sure. But I always want to make sure that I'm also, like, cultivating my own shit at the same time. Now, that's a workaholic versus a hard worker. And the reality is, is that we're going to continue talking about this. We have a mic in the center. Now, this next segment that we're getting into is called DMTs. Get it? Direct message T. Now, because we're live, we're not going to do the weird shit that they be doing when I speak at colleges. And they're like, okay, so what we're going to do is, instead of a mic and humans actually speaking on the mic, we're going to have them tweet you and then we're going to read you. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, we're right here. So we are going to be right here. 
this mic is here. I'm going to bring up our guest, and you all are going to have the opportunity to get on the mic and ask your questions related to side effects of being a workaholic. So, are you thinking? Are you thinking? Are you thinking? I'll give you some thinking music. All right. Coming to the stage, this is the thing about my show, is that I only have people on my show that I like. Later in the show, we're going to do a segment called People I Like, because I didn't want there to be any confusion. I don't want nobody hitting me like, Dan, like, how come I ain't been on your show? I don't like you. <laughs> I don't even know you, so... Do some shit for me to like. We'll talk. This person, however, I don't just like. I love. And uh, you heard him on the mic earlier, so you could tell he loved me too. And we should start clapping now for SNL Zone, Mr. Chris Ray. What up? What up? Hey, people. So Chris did not know. Mm-mm. That we were gonna talk about. <laughs> yeah, you could have emailed me, nigga. You could have emailed me. You could have sent a mess, a text message. It yeah. came to me. It came to me like in a fever dream, uh-huh. and I was like, "Oh, this is exactly what we should talk about." And the reason why I wanted to do side effects of being a workaholic with Chris is because Chris is so dedicated to his work. Chris, I'm surprised he even had time to do this because honestly, it, I gotta go now. I was gonna uh-huh. say, literally, the reason we're <laughs> hanging out is because it's work. Like, if I was like, "Chris, you got time with Cluster Fest?" He'd be like, "Nah, you know what I'm saying? I gotta go. I'm doing janitorial services for this one show." Hey, and then sometimes you gotta clean some <laughs> shit, fam. <laughs> like. This man right here, if, there is a, if there's a mic available, he's like, where they at? Where they at? Hell where yeah. they at with it? Whereas I'm like, where's it at? <laughs> who, who all going to be there? <laughs> so within the black community, who all going to be there is basically just another version of, I'm not coming. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> if I got to know the cast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I got to know the cast of the room. Who made the mic stand? Right. Exactly. Who... Nah, Can I'm I good. wear a sensible shoe? <laughs> That's always my rule of thumb for anywhere at this point. Can I wear a sensible shoe? If I wear a fancy shoe, will everybody see it? <laughs> Otherwise, I don't want to come. But so Chris, um, so Chris is somebody who I've seen just really dedicate himself to seeing the so, fruits of his labor actually come to fruition. I think there's, there's a... And there's, listen, there's definitely people who... Their idea of following the secret is just like, I'm just going to say, like, I'm going to get it. And then they sit back down. And it's like, no. Yeah, it's like, what is it, fam? Right. <laughs> like, it's just going to come to me. You know, people right. have a certain level of entitlement. And the reality is like, no, you got to actually go out there and get it. But when does that cross over from being a hard worker to being a workaholic? And that's what this show is about today. And I know Chris, as somebody who has dedicated himself so wholly to like making sure that he is not wasting his time and that making sure that he is actually realizing the fruits of his labor and the, the, the things that everybody has given him. And he's not somebody who like... I, 
You're not opportunistic. You're just on it. You just own. Man, I'm just, I, I got here late, man. So I'm trying to get what was, what's mine and give back some positive shit before I die, you know? There we go. So we're going to get into this next segment. So if you have a question, please stand and come to the mic. Oh, really? It's going to be like that? You don't got to raise your hand. stand and up. come to the mic. I, I well, like we, these, these, these good classmates over here. That's the, we're serving in. Oh. Sorry, I white girl did. I just. You, you did what now? Did you. You white girl. Did you respond yeah. like unnecessarily to poor customer service? Um, <laughs> I, I do that too. I do that too. I do that too. I, like I, I do that too. I can't even. It's a wide ass chair. Man. <laughs> it is, right? I, I feel like I'm not. I feel like I'm on the train in New York. I, I feel like I should. <laughs> So, I mean, tell us what we I'm mad really, because this leopard reptile shirt does give me this. You know, it's yeah. like a nice, nice little Have vibe. you been doing push-ups? I mean, I, uh, every day. <laughs> he going to drop an album. That's what that's all about. He going to just surprise us with a rap album. It's going to be a rap album. Them push-ups me, was about. Me breathing while I do push-ups. Yep. He's going to be like, the cover is going to be him on like a horse <laughs> with just pecs. All right, so. <laughs> Where's the rest of my body? It's just pecs? <laughs> What happened to my body? You're a centaur. That's it. That's how, that's how it turns out. Yeah. You're a centaur. You came out of the dark forest, and now yeah. Harry is just worried. I'm with um, that. Shout out to everybody who got that Harry Potter reference. Yeah. yeah. Ravenclaws in the house. Yeah. Um, you know, funny thing, I started as a Gryffindor. <laughs> I began life as a Gryffindor. I was sorted into Gryffindor for years, you know, just out of courageousness and bravery. Mm-hmm. And then I got older and realized that I needed to not work harder. I needed to work smarter. And now all of a sudden I was procrastinating from doing what I needed to be doing which was writing my book Small Doses which is actually coming out in October, the literary uh, version of this podcast. That's a plug. That's a plug. Better plug that shit. And I I went to Pottermore because I didn't want to spend any more money uh, buying things when I should be working. And I got sorted again and I'm a Ravenclaw. Because when you get older, you should become a Ravenclaw in my mind. Because everything is about just like, how can I do this with the least amount of effort possible and just brain power? But I digress. Alohomora. Um I understood every single word of that shit. <laughs> what is your name, sis? I'm Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Everybody say, hi, Lauren. What up, Lauren? All right, so serve us. What is your yeah. DMT question? So listening to you talk, I didn't realize I was a workaholic, but when you grow up, especially if you grow up in the black community, you're taught very young black tax that you have to work twice as hard just to get to be seen as someone's equal. So that's what I've been doing all of my life. Like mm-hmm. work has to consume everything because I am working against the standard. Like if I don't work twice as hard as the next person in the room, especially as a black female, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get enough. So when you're talking about becoming a hard worker, like, how do you do that? Like, I'm just confused on, like... Boundaries. Okay. How do you set boundaries? Do you just say no or... Hey, yeah. Steven, I mean, I think that it just becomes about me? time management, right? Okay. So in my mind... And remember, I'm not an expert on anything. This is just my show. <laughs> so that was, that's, that's, that's fire. That's bars right there. That was fire. That was fucking This is just my fire. show. I consider myself a common sense specialist. So you either with it or you're not. And if you're not, that's cool. Don't at me. So Don't at me, dog. <laughs> I mean, 
I really feel like it ends up being just about like setting limitations. Like sometimes we're so tempted to just be available at all times for our employers and for like whatever possibilities or opportunities can come up. And sometimes I think that that can consume us and become what drives everything that we're doing. So when I say boundaries, I mean allowing yourself to say no or to say like, okay, I can do that for this long. Right versus like I have a just extensive amount of time to give to this and I'll just do this until you say no. You know, we've had, I know I've been in situations where someone gives me a project and like I didn't set a limit. And so they were just draining me on my, uh, abil- my like what I'm giving to that project and I never felt, and then I didn't feel like comfortable being like, hey, you know, can we recalibrate or can we revisit like the terms of how this works because I never said that in the beginning and you got to find and when you don't do that in the beginning it is weird later on so like in the beginning you want to be able to say like okay so here's where I fit with this and here's how much I can do with this and even sometimes if you don't have to say that verbally you got to mentally know like I can only give so much to this and I think that's really what it is it's really just setting boundaries for yourself that allow space for you to not be working because you need that space to cultivate ideas, to cultivate peace, to cultivate, you know, just even just other experiences that can enhance the work that you're doing. Yeah. Hell oh, yeah. That was great. Thank you. What do you think? I also, yeah, I'll tag that on. You, you was all walk back to your seat. Like you got like everything you needed. You was fed. You was fully fed by the pastor and preacher, Amanda Seals. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, 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 and she's like, what did you think? She was like, fuck it. I don't give a goddamn... What that nigga think? Look at this nigga. I care. I care. I uh, <laughs> no, I I I I, uh, I see exactly where you coming from because that was my parents. I, I come from a family of workaholics. They two people who worked uh, to get where they're at out of nothing, you know. And and work ethic has just always been a part of our life. I think now. Um, when, when Amanda met me, I definitely was a workaholic. I've, I've only just started tr- trying to like take breaks. And shit now. Tell me more about that, Chris. Well, th- therapy's crazy. Um, <laughs> no, it's 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 crazy because you get to a place where you work, right? And you're like, I gotta get it, I gotta get it. And then and like and um, no one believed I was gonna do any of the shit I, I'm doing now. So it, you kind of working to fight the world off. And then once you get to a place where you can be comfortable. Then you like, oh nigga, I'm broken. Uh, you right, know, like, like you're like, not broke anymore. Yeah, I'm not broke, broke, but there's all these other things around here. Like you know, anxiety. What's that, nigga? Ah. You know what I'm saying? Like because I didn't have time to deal with that because I was trying to eat. So that that part, you right, know, right, right. And I didn't really realize that until I had a few relationships in my life. You know what I mean? Tell me, hey, nigga, chill, and. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Her being one of them. Okay, we're gonna. Which do is that why now? she sprung okay. this shit on me. So we're keeping in front it all of all these real. white people. That's yes. what you gonna do? Yes. Of- we tried. No, we y'all really did. We tried, right and I was like, "You never call me back because you're always working." So. No, you didn't have you didn't have a song for that. <laughs> I did. And I was like, "Boom!" Made a point. Boom! 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 Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. Work on yourself and others. <laughs> ah! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. I didn't know we were going to take it there, but we're here now. I'm in, now rela- it's a show. I, I, I'm in relationships like in general, but yeah, we hear it out, I guess. I love you. Bye. I, I don't know why I said bye. I ain't going nowhere. 
What's up, my Real guy? Friends. Right. Hey. Hey. You, you hey, got a full shout beard. Shout out to and Smart, Funny, and Black. Yeah, it's shout out to Smart, hey. Funny, and Black. Hey. Thank you. That's my other show. Yeah. Come back to the bed, <laughs> But I'm please. still not a workaholic. Young mother. Um, <laughs> next question. Yeah, so yes. mine's a little bit more direct uh, towards Chris. Uh, oh, what's shit. The, what's the work culture like at SNL, and do you feel heard at the work culture? Um, ooh, fuck. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You ever had somebody just like walk by you and say, hey, how's your soul? You know <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Jesus, right. I don't know you like that nigga. <laughs> he did come for your whole neck, though. He gave my whole shit. Do you feel understood, brother? <laughs> Y'all got to have that outside. Like, Does somebody <laughs> hold you? This is what my therapist would call deflecting. I am impressed. <laughs> I do it all the time. Made a career off of it. Um, <laughs> Dan, what was your question? Uh, this sir, thought, what, what's I, your name, brother? Chris. Chris. Oh, oh, fuck you, nigga. Are you from an alternate timeline? You're yeah. like, go help him. There's eight other Spider-Mans, and we all need you. The fuck is going on? <laughs> do uh, I feel heard? Yeah, yeah, I do. But did you from the job? I did from uh, from Lauren. Because I, I, when I took the job, I told him I didn't. I didn't want to feel like I was going to lose my voice in this institution. What made you feel like you? What even made you feel like you would lose your voice? Because I didn't really know anything about it, and and the, from the people that I saw from the outside that were on the show, there were only so many people that looked like me on the show right. that were happy with the show once they left, that did well on the show when they were there and have good things to say about it. And so I, I already had other work before I got there. And so I was like, man, I, I want to be able to do my thing, stay creative. I want y'all to stay away from my stand-up. I don't want, it to be, I don't want you guys to want to control that. And I, I didn't want to feel controlled. And he was, he was like, all right. And it, I, I still don't. Now, I will say being a workaholic helps me survive that job. Uh, for sure, because that's Cause all. It's gr- it's a, gr- a grind. It's a, yeah, right? it's, a, it's a boot camp. So it's it's just night and day, just from Monday to Sunday. Your Sunday's your day off, but you're really just prepping uh, to get back and pitch jokes and write stuff like on Monday, or you write so you don't have to write as long on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And it's a it's a it's a it's the hardest job I've had in comedy. Probably the hardest job I've had, and I've had fifty. Uh, you know, I've had you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been working since 14. I was li- yeah. I lied to get into my first job. You know, I told him I was 15. <laughs> it was a lotto. I was not. What uh, was your first job? McDonald's. Really? Yeah. Classic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was I was also selling weed too. Okay. Yeah. My first job was as a dancer in front of the castle at Disney. Ooh. When I was eight. Princess? For the smart no for the sparkling Christmas spectacular. You better sparkle. Like I still remember it was like, must be Santa, must be Santa, must be Santa, Santa. Damn. You still remember that shit? That means you get high and you do that sometimes. <laughs> But that job, I mean, 
SNL has like such a reputation. You know, when when a white man's complaining, that's when you're like, oh wow, because this whole shit was made for you. And Jay Moore <laughs> wrote a whole book about how like yeah. it was wild working at SNL. So I, I, that question is, I was actually really glad to hear you ask that because I feel like that's an environment where like I don't feel I would thrive in that environment. I don't feel like I would because just creatively mm-hmm. working under that level of. Um, like grueling pressure every week. I don't think I would. There has to be something that you're getting out of it. I get a lot out of the show. I get a lot. It, it's it's evolving a lot of the things I I, I do and I work on. So, like uh, in terms of just like your writing, like writing and your characters, sketch. just okay. it's just taking chances, writing for TV in a in a, in a turbulent time. Uh, True. It's all right. of that. All of that really. Um, I, I, I get to work all that. And, and also, when you're, like, making those videos, when you write those, you get to produce those. And, and, you're, and you're producing oh. them in, like, a day. So you're doing what you would have normally, you know, a month, <laughs> a month. two months to do, but, like, right there. So you get to play each and every role. So I, I see now being in it why there's so many successful people that come from there. Mm. But it's a machine that's going to move regardless. It's going to move regardless. And if you try to beat the machine, you'll get beat every time. But if you get what you need to get out of it, you know, then you'll be good. And I think you just, people just lose themselves a lot. And that's all I can say without getting fired. Uh, <laughs> Thank nah. you, Chris. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Next question. Hi. I'm Megan. Hey, Megan. I might be the token white girl. No, there's like several. <laughs> In life. <laughs> Uh, my question is, how do you respectfully tell your spouse that they are a workaholic? Did I respect? I mean, you weren't my spouse, but did I respectfully? You, yeah, you said it. They, they might not. You got to be like, ready for them not to be ready to hear it. Yeah, yet. like he doesn't know. Like he doesn't know he is, he's and a, I don't want to like cause a fight. Wait, he doesn't know he's, he's at work. He, he's just working. He and don't know he's at work right now. Huh? He he's at work right now? All the fucking time. Right. That's why you're here by all yourself with a drink. I'm with a... Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Damn, Linda, Megan. you out here, Linda. Megan, yeah. <laughs> he's not Linda. here. Linda, out here. He's not here. He's like, well, how do I tell this motherfucker right. what I feel? I'm trying to get this work. I'm trying Stop to get this work. Stop working and work on me. Work. You want me to call him? I'll call him. She's like, Okay. <laughs> Um, you know what? I've been really working and I don't nail it every time. I mean, I feel like I'm still on the other side of 50% of nailing it, but I've really been working on addressing things with compassion versus critique and trying to meet people from like a human place, um, in when I can, because I I think for the most part, women are just a lot more adept at like recognizing top line issues and being able to say like, ooh, I can see how this is going to fuck up the next seven years, you know? And then it's like, but if you bring somebody who doesn't think like that to the seven years, they're like, ah! You know, it or feels, like, it feels crazy. Seven years is far, fam. That's what I'm saying. They're like, that's far. Like, how do you know? Like, that's ridiculous. That's far. So I think right. that it ends up being like, I know, like, for me, advice is only valuable for me when people give me advice, not from their point of view, but from my point of view. So it's hard sometimes that when we're critiquing our significant others to talk to them about it from their point of view versus like, this is hurting me. I don't like this. This is, you know, and then they're, then that puts up a defense mechanism or sometimes it can make them shut down because they feel sad that they're hurting you. So it's like, how do you connect with him on how this is affecting him? Like, how do you connect with him? How do you, how do you somehow like 
show him through his own eyes what he's missing and that's not easy but I think it comes from a place of compassion acknowledging like why someone is doing something and what the positives are of that and what the negatives are of that and being able to see bigger than yourself I know for women a lot of a, a lot of times we only critique based on like I don't like this and I had a dude tell me one time he was like you know y'all should just talk to us like you like us and I was like the fuck you mean <laughs> He's like, that's it. Right <laughs> but he was like, you know, a lot of times it's like with women, y'all, y'all be like upset at something that we did. And when you're talking to us about it, you're talking to us about, you're talking to us with the tone of being mad at what we did. And, and it really just feels like you just mad at us. And I was like, I mean, but we are like mad at you because you did it. And he was like, yeah, but that don't ever get nobody anywhere. And I was like, you know what? There is a truth to that. And it's the reality of the frustrating part of being in relationships. It's like having to do like that emotional compromise of like, what I really want to tell you is, are you fucking kidding me? Are you at work again? Like me and the dog, we can't keep watching Game of Thrones. It's over. Um, that, was, that was such a real smart, thoughtful response. I'm going to tell you, you should disappear. From his life, and then he would come home. He like, where are you? And you like, guess, nigga, and leave a- clues, and leave clues, leave clues. You start, you lead him to all the places you wanted to go instead of him working. I think if you blend the two of those together, fire. That sounds like a good night. <laughs> So we're going to take two more questions. Oh, hey. Because <laughs> we only have so much time. But we'll see. We'll see. Don't sit down. We'll see. Because she might get an answer real quick. What's your name, sis? Brandy. Say hi, Brandy. Hey, Brandy. Hey, y'all. Talking black girl here. Uh, <laughs> my, uh, well, I was originally going to ask you to do Lift Every Voice and Sing, but I'm not going to do that right now. Okay. No, no, no. It's Let's take stay on topic. Time. Let's, well, I mean, we're coming post-Juneteenth and, you know. Correct. So... Uh, my question is, how do you manage well, or identify functional depression where we're all working constantly, constantly, constantly working, and we don't realize that we're working through our depression? I mean, you may have already answered that, Chris, but how do you just go, hmm, I might be a little bit depressed? I, mean, I feel like if you think that, then you probably are. Yeah, well. Like, literally. Like, I mean, sometimes I think it's just that, say, that simple, and we talk ourselves out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk ourselves out of it because we don't want to believe that we are, you know, in a, in a funk or even worse in a depression. We don't want to believe that we are in a space that we may have lost control of. And so first you have to literally just admit to yourself, like, there even might be something wrong. And that's when you start taking active measures to, to figure out what that is, which is, you know, you go to a therapist. Let me also just say this thing. I think that it's great that we talk about therapy and it's necessary, but we've also gotten very general with it. Like everyone just likes to throw out like, go to a therapist. And it's like, not all therapists are created equal. Mm -hmm. Not all therapists use the same, uh, even methods. You know, there's cognitive behavioral therapists, there's psychoanalysis, there's psychologists, there's psychiatrists. (laughs) I heard about something else. It's like EMRD. Some, Mm -hmm. there was, it was an acronym. What was it? Say it again. 
EMDR, I was close. EMDR therapy, like there's just different methods that may work for different people. And sometimes I think that we kind of overgeneralize. We also think that we're going to go to a therapist and the first one we meet is going to be the one. And that shit sometimes is not it. But I think that the hardest part for a lot of us is admitting to ourselves that we have something going on and actually taking the action. But ain't it dope how like once you actually take the action, you start feeling even a little better that like, Okay, I'm kind of taking control of something. But to your point, um, I think a lot of us definitely find ourselves as functional, in functional depressive states when we're doing a whole lot of work and we've stopped working on ourselves. And it starts to feel that emptiness. I mean, I, come, I think I come... My, my family's from the South, so like, uh, mental health education was not a thing at all. And it, it, so if, when I was, I've always had depression. I've learned to be functional with it for years and years and years. And so I, I, I always pay attention to my endorphins. I always pay attention to like what positivity, what negativity is in my life at all times. So people would be like, yo, you're so nice. So I'm protecting me and y'all <laughs> by, having, by staying on my, on, on my game. And I think that you're just being aware of it and always working, working towards it's gonna, that's going to help. You know what I mean? I also think there's some of us who the depression comes when we are not working. And so we work because we know that the downtime is when the depression slips in and is like, ah, I got your I don't mind, yeah. That I don't mind is wild. And I, I used to really struggle with that. And I had to like tell my reps, like always keep me busy. Like always have a manager, like always have a meeting on deck. Like I can't just be in the house. I can't just be in the house. And I had to like face that and realize like, okay, it shouldn't be like that. Like downtime, sh- you shouldn't have to be scared of downtime. So like you need to figure out what that is. And really a lot of times for us, I think that there's also the concept that it may not necessarily even be depression as much as just a fear of stillness. Because stillness can also be like this place where you have to get in your mind. You have time to get in your mind. I mean, the last depression I went through was after I was on a flight from Dubai for 20 fucking hours. And it's like, how many British movies can I watch? And I came home and just cried for two days. My mom was like, what is wrong with you? I was like, I've been in my head too long. You got to get so. some edibles for them flights. No, I can't. I can't. The edible. Last time I ate an edible, I ended up sleeping in a bathtub. Sounds like a great well, night. No. no and I slept in the bathtub because I woke up in the bed and was like, I don't like the bed. I don't like the bed. And, and I, uh-huh. ate a, I ate an apple ravenously like a cartoon. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're making some good choices. It's not for me. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks. But do you, did we answer your question? Yes, yes. Did we? Although, was there water in the bathtub when you? No, there okay. was not water in the bathtub, but I put a pillow. Cool. Just checking. That's it. Okay. I just want to make sure that you feel like we addressed your question. Though. No, you did. You did. Okay, fabulous. Thank you, sis. Yeah. Next question. Hi, my name is Christian. Hello, Christian. Okay. All right. <laughs> Amen. Um, I'm a recovering workaholic. and You're a recovering workaholic? Yeah. Like, How did you discover that you were a workaholic? Because um, I was thinking about my nonsense job when I was supposed to be taking time off. I thought you were going to say when you were fucking, but okay. <laughs> He's like, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, yeah, right, yeah. right. If you're in the pussy and you're like... Oh, this report got to get in there. <laughs> I got... I gotta turn Ooh, in these, these numbers TPS gotta reports. be crunched. And I'm sorry that I assumed it was pussy, but pussy is just a funnier word than any other option. So if you were in this pussy and you thought about TPS reports, that would be a doozy. Yeah. <laughs> um. He's like, hey, 
didn't sign yeah. up for that. <laughs> um, he was, I was trying to say that. Nah. Anyway. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm feeling with you, brother. Yeah. Hey, man, those reports don't file themselves. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, uh, my question was, like, were there any things, like, you know, family-related, other, like, events and stuff that you missed out on just because you were, like, focused on your grind and became a workaholic? Because, like, I miss birthdays and mm. all that other stuff. Yeah. Uh, two of my best friends who met through me uh, got married. I missed their wedding because I was uh, working. Um, birth of my godson, their son, I missed because I was so working. they just took a lot of hits. <laughs> That one family, I, I had to buy them like five computers. There's <laughs> only four of these niggas in the house. <laughs> uh, yeah, they did take it back to back. It was just fucked up. Um, but, but when I was just like kind of, I've always been on the grind. When I didn't have anything, I was just like kind of grinding from nothing. Like I was always missing stuff and I couldn't do anything anyway. So I was always used to just not being you mean you there. couldn't do anything? I, I, I couldn't like um, like weddings at they, like you didn't have events. the funds to get to yeah, the yeah. Okay, got gotcha. you. So I was just used to missing out on shit all the time, and then once I got it, I was like, oh, I can go to stuff. Like I, I was, I, I had realizations that that probably make, would make no sense, but I was like at a party, like, oh shit, this is a nigga, we off. This is fun as hell. I love having conversations with you. We should do this more. Like, nigga, we've been saying that, you know? We like you. <laughs> you the one gone. But it just takes you, it just really takes you making real steps, man. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I'm still trying to fucking figure it out. I'm, I'm like six, eight months into, like, really, really applying the shit. But it does change. It, it changes your life and how you f- see things. And you also have more energy to do shit, which is... I was like, oh, nigga, if you sleep, you have more energy. (laughs) Would you say in terms of like, you said it's only been six or eight months of you applying. Would you say that like the applying has been like certain specific things, like giving yourself structure, like boundary, like what are some of those things? Like I'm an insomniac too. So like it's, so I have like a a few things going on, but it's, it was about me coming into my summer because I tore, I've been touring for seven, seven years. And, like, this was the first summer where I didn't book the whole summer back to back to back to back. It was like, I front-loaded it. Uh, but then the rest, of my, the rest of my summer now is, like, there's nothing there. And I just kind of say no to gigs. I've said more, no more to gigs this summer than I ever have in my career, which is uh, scary for me. But I'm... What do you think is going to happen? Like when you I, say, I, I just when, think I'm going to lose it all. Right, I always okay. think I'm going to lose it. Like, you know, I, I still... I, I mean, it was for like a couple of years I would wake up and just look at my bank account... Is it gone? Okay. And I ain't rich, but I'm saying. But that's real. No, because fear, <laughs> because fear drives things. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, like, being a workaholic is also something that can be driven by just the fear of, like, if I, if I stop, everything will fall. You know, yeah. I got to keep all the plates spinning or else they'll drop, they'll drop, they'll drop. And I feel like brothers in particular, like, there's just a deeply rooted uh, cultural idea that says, like, you have to be providing all the time everywhere to everyone and if you're not then you serve no purpose and you're going to turn to dust like Thanos yeah I mean I was just triggered by no scrubs you said what I was triggered by no scrubs man you were triggered by no scrubs and you was like it ain't gonna be me yep I'm not gonna be out the passenger side of my best friend's ride first of all 
You was a child and you heard no scrubs. You was like, hey, nigga, I'm off the playground, B. <laughs> Now. I gotta get this work, my nigga. I don't I gotta no get scrub. this work. Scrub is the guy who She's singing to y'all. No She's singing to y'all. Hanging out the passenger side, side of his best, best friend's friend. ride. Trying to. Yeah. And sometimes you just want to ride, though, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> like, come I on, saw, I saw a meme. I saw a meme where someone was like, how you know he ain't pay his friend to drive him around? <laughs> Because he was tired of the shit. How you know he wasn't actually entrepreneurial and looking out? Oh, I was like, yeah, wow. you better break him. He, he broke that shit all the way down. Pre-Uber, that's dope. Right. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, like, I think you also miss out on people. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing. You can miss out on people, you know, because it's like if, if, if you're not able to have the bandwidth to connect, you know, and I don't even just mean in like... Uh, romantic relationships, but even in personal relationships, you know, or even business-related relationships. I've had people who are like, I'm too busy to do more business. And you're like, are you? <laughs> Sometimes you are, though. No, but I know they weren't. Oh. <laughs> They're just, because you know what it is? They're busy. Like, busy has become like a buzzword for just like, I'm doing stuff. Right? You're not necessarily all the time involved and intentionally working. You're just in motion. And I think sometimes, like, we trick ourselves with thinking that that's more valuable than, like, pausing to take someone in. But yeah, so I've definitely missed out on shit by being like, I just gotta, and then had to, I just had, I had to actively decide, like, no, you need to take time to sit on your couch and watch TV while you play game, while you play Candy Crush. Yeah, honestly, it, it's you can start small too, bro. Like, just take a day. You know what I'm saying? Like every month, just have a couple of days or like a week where you just do something for you and somebody that you yeah, that you want to like you. some relationship or friendship you want to nurture. You know what I'm saying? You just do that shit. Nurture that. I said nurture, nigga. You did say nurture, boy. I definitely was like, I'm did Chris just say hell. nurture? I'm grown as hell. All right, we have time for one more question. Last question. Thank you for those of you who came to the mic. Yo, this we is appreciate great, you. man. Good huh? job. This is dope. Thanks, Chris. Oh. Hello. So, speaking from a perspective of a workaholic, so to put to, to give you an How idea. How did you decide that you were a workaholic? Well, I'm gonna go right to work <laughs> the very morning when I get out of like this whole like cluster fest and everything. I kind of just like decided, hey, my girlfriend and I was like, yo, we've been grinding, and we're gonna go for this weekend, and you know she's gonna take the day off <laughs> when she gets back. I'm going to go right into it that same morning. What do you and, do for work? Um, well, I just, uh, I work at an accounting firm. Okay, so and, you're focused. Well, yeah, you know, I'm in the bottom right now, and I really want to get to the top, you know. So, and yeah. so I'm really in that mode, you know, because this is a position that I'm like, I could really make some really dope moves, you know, and I've really gone through a lot. You see the prize. Yeah, I do. And so there have been situations in the past. Now, this is my question. Have you ever been put in a situation where you were really getting to the bag and... It's, it's a big one. You know, you're getting bread. But you later realize that this is really physically impacting you. People are kind of telling you, and you're not listening. But it's because, like, I mean, you know, your bank account is better. Your bills are paid. You know, you're saving up. And have you ever had to make the decision to just step back from that, even if it was something that was really benefiting you? And just having to be like, all right, I got to recalibrate. Yeah. I do you know, that I gotta this figure, year. I got to figure something out. And, and what was that? situation that you had to step back from and do you feel like looking at it now that maybe you could kind of like maybe I should 
No. Nah, There's too was, many secrets on this show. God damn it. This is nah, that, that, was, um, that happened to me this year. <laughs> I don't because know y'all because niggas your like eyes that, are bigger than your stomach. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Your eyes are bigger than your stomach. Like, I know for me, me and Chris have the similar thing where it's like, our agent will just be like, do you want to do this show? We're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I'll look at my schedule and be like, why the fuck am I doing all these shows? And it's like, well, because you said you wanted to. And I'm like, but I didn't, like, mean it. (laughs) I was just being, you know, amenable. Um, But I've had to, I've had to, I had to, like, stop in March because I realized that I had just been going nonstop. And I started to, like, have, like, I was starting to break out. Like, I was starting to, like, lose weight. I still haven't gotten my booty back, okay? Like, it's still looking sketchy, all right? And, um, and I just started to realize that I wasn't, like, I didn't have the same energy that I typically had. And it's because, like, I was always on planes, you know? Like, performing, as much as we love performing, it still takes out of you. Like, it's still, like, you're on, 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 you know? So, and, and when you're a performer, you're not just performing when you're on stage. Like, I got to perform when I come and do meet and greets with everybody. You know, I can't be a dick in the meet and greet, you know? So it's like, <laughs> I got to bring it together. Uh, unless that's your gimmick. <laughs> right. Unless yeah, that's my Everybody want to meet me? Fuck all y'all. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I had to, um, I had to tell my, my team, like, we need to do a stop down. And I need to be able to go to Grenada for a week. And they were like, well, let's look at the ske- schedule and let's see what's available. And I was like, no. We have to stop down. Do you know I went to Grenada and still ended up working in Grenada? Like an asshole. And so now I'm back to where I was before and now I have to go. And I just feel fortunate that I have the means now to be able to take like an actual vacation. But I learned, I even learned in that moment that like what I thought was vacation is not vacation. I used to feel like vacation is just not working. And it's like, nah, you're still reachable. Like you still have to fend for yourself. Like... I really was like, I need to just go to Hawaii and just sit. I'm about to just sit in Hawaii for four days like this. If That's it. I'm going to just get in you the gotta, pool. You got to get a longer chair. I'm going to just get in the pool. <laughs> I'm going to just be in the pool either like this yeah, or on yeah. a chair with a longer chair like this. And I realize, though, that like that's where I'm at. But you, it's like... The money is so captivating. Yeah. Because yeah, when that bank account is up, when you're up, you're up. And you don't want to be down. Just but, like he said, like, is it, is it going to go? Like, is it, is it gone yet? You know? And, but there have, been, there have been times, you know, you know where, you, where you've been like on the, on the red, right? You're in the red and you're yeah. just like, what the fuck? Oh, you got $20 with like $100 worth of shit to do. Ooh. Right. What you know, can I do this week to... Yeah, know. but you know that something's coming. Yep. You know what I mean? I remember the first time I, I, I taught at Tilden High School. I was uh, it's on the south side, and I made $50, right? Teaching, like, comedy, like, just, just uh, writing, and did some improv and all that shit. That, that was... Uh, then I did a corporate gig that I fucking hated and sucked my soul dry. You know what I mean? And, um, and I got $700 there, and that shit felt terrible. That $50 sat in my pocket for a long time. Every bag is not your bag. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that money's going to come. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're putting it out there. You're working towards it. You're going to get that. I, it, it took me a minute. Speaking of agents, like I had to tell my agents, like I, didn't, I wanted to stop going to do gigs that were just money grabs and weren't yep. really feeding what I'm trying to do. Like I'm trying to be creative. I, there's no, there's nothing, there's no club in Montana that's gonna make me fire. But 
It's not. But this it's is not, not. No, they have other not. exports. But you're performing for bison. good comedy's not there. And you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and, I feel there's also like Ku Klux Klan rallies. Like, so yeah, be careful. no, there's several clans. They have a lot of different clans. Yeah. Uh, but but the but the money would look good, you know. Yeah. So it, it was hard for me to say no to that because I was like, who am I? I've been I've been fucking broke this long. Yeah, exactly. Who am I to say so no feel, to this shit? You feel like like who am I to say no to this opportunity? But the you know, bag can't so rule you, yo. Here. Yeah. That's what it ends up being, and it's hard for it's it's very easy to say that when 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 a bag has been acquired. Um, secured secured but I feel like, like fuck this bag talk right they're like we're out I feel like I feel like the reason I've managed to say somewhat sane in a business that is insane is because I never I never let the bag rule my decisions uh, of my choices of work like I've been broke as shit yeah. and they asked me to host the love and hip hop reunion and I was like ooh that $500 because that's all they're paying them. Nah. Looks very enticing. And I just had to say no because I've, I had to look in the long run and I was like, I don't want to have to answer to that, answer for that later because I can't be talking shit about it and then do it just for the money. But I understand in terms of your physical being and what you're saying about just like, have, I, have you ever felt like maybe you didn't push yourself hard enough? Is that what you're kind of saying? Like maybe like you gave yourself a break and then look back and was like, man, I could have thugged that out. Yeah, seriously, seriously. Yeah, I mean... So wait, how I think it? more of I think I've I've done that less about a bag and more about just like <laughs> just being like dead like deadlines. Like I know my book, there were many times where I'd be like, I just can't write tonight. I just I can't. And then I woke up the next morning like, you shady bitch. Like <laughs> you could have pushed yourself harder. So I think though, it's discipline. Mm-hmm. And we just have to have a discipline about not just how we're getting the bag and how we're keeping the bag, but how we're, if we can't, if we're not well, the bag serves no purpose. That's really what it ends up boiling down to. Like you can have all the money in the world. If you're sick, it's just paying your bills to get better anyway. Mm-hmm. So why not try to find a balance? And sometimes that balance means like, you know what? I got to just go out here and be in the world, in the nature for a day yes. and come back and make y'all more money. Hey, but grind to the top, fam. You better yeah. grind your ass. You better grind to the top. Grind your ass I hope your lady off. has dinner waiting, whether oh. she orders it or cooks it herself. No, she right back there. We about to go, you know, smoke. No, I'm saying after, just, after yeah, you yeah. go to work, when oh. she comes back and she's like, you know, <laughs> I've been waiting for you. Oh, uh, but you. thank you so much. Give it up for everybody who came to the mic. Yeah, man, Before we go, uh, every time on the show that we have a guest, I always have to tell them why I like them. Oh, that's sweet. <clears throat> now, today we're not going to do that. Um, <laughs> You've already said enough sweet stuff. <laughs> um, you know, I, I like Chris because, one, as a performer, Chris is somebody that will always give you 110%, which is, which is where the workaholicness comes from. Like, I've never done anything with Chris where he's showing up half-assed, ever. And let me tell you, motherfuckers be showing up half-assed, all right? Like, my dentist tried to hook me up with somebody the other day, and she, right. And she said that when she asked him about me, he was like, yeah, I don't think she likes me very much. Not Chris, this other person. And my dentist was like, well, why? And he was like, because I did her pilot and I showed up drunk. Yeah, she doesn't like you, nigga. Like, because I would never... <laughs> See, I could perform drunk, and that is the difference. 
Like, you want to work with people who you know are always going to care as much about what you're doing as they do about what they're doing. And so Chris is somebody, especially in the performing arts, right? In the performing arts, it's so collaborative. It requires that exchange. And like, I don't know if it's even just, it's a combination of your heart and also a combination of your training that in improv, you learn how to, you know, do the exchange and the yes and. And so I've always appreciated that about you. And anytime I ask Chris to come and do anything, like, can you make a little video for my Instagram or can you come and do this random shit I'm doing for Smart, Funny, and Black? He's like, yeah, I'll be there, whatever. And he comes and he plays. And that's what you want, people who are willing. So I appreciate that Chris is always willing and always open-minded to like, let's play, let's come up with some new shit. But as a, on a personal level... Oh, shit. This is my friend. You know, like, this is my actual friend. I had a house party, y'all, okay? Ooh, that, oh, that shit was lit. <laughs> I had a house party that was so lit, it was this lit. Somebody threw up three times in the fucking bathroom and on the toilet. How you throw up on the toilet and in the toilet? Some, some dirty bitch left of a dirty pad just... Right, right. Then, then, like, people went in my fridge. People just, like, went right, right, cardinal rule. Like, strangers were just, like, in my fridge fishing around. I got it catered and people still went in my pantry, y'all. It was madness, and I was DJing. So I didn't know any of this happened until I stopped the party, and I was like, what happened? And then I was pissed, and I was on my Instagram like, fuck y'all, y'all can't have nothing nice. You can't let nobody in your house because they're going to turn your shit up. And Chris sent me flowers and said, you know, thank you for allowing us in your home, even though niggas fucked it up. I was mad at people disrespecting her house, and also I never seen somebody DJ and twerk. <laughs> and as she, I'm talking about two turntables and an ass. <laughs> it was fire! She deserves all the flowers. <laughs> and in this business, like, I'm, I'm actually an extroverted introvert. Like, it's one thing for me to be up here with y'all, but, like, I'm not really good at, like, hanging out. Like, I always feel like the new girl well, in seventh grade. you keep doing that. Right. Like, hanging. You want to hang out? I just always feel like the new girl in seventh grade, and I'm like, I'll just go eat my lunch in the library. It's fine. Oh, no. um, that actually happened. And... And so it's great when you meet people that just never make you feel that way. You always feel comfortable. The room always gets better when they're there. And that's what Chris is. Anytime Chris is in a room, he walks in the room, I'm always like, oh, I'm good. Except for when we weren't talking. And I was like, fuck you, nigga. <laughs> Don't go to war with friends, Seals, man. And then you have real friends. And my homegirl, I was like, you want to go say bye to Chris? She was like, why the fuck would I do that? And I was like, ride or die. I said by those. I did. I bought it. Uh, so she'll be back. <laughs> so I just wanted to extend to you the fact that, like, I'm very happy to have you on the podcast, and for you to be the first guest Yo. on the Small Doses Live podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm such a big fan of everything you do and what you bring into this goddamn world right now, son. You're killing it. A bunch of fucking. Dope people opening up in front of strangers, man, and everybody healing together. These track suits, you killing this shit, bro. Like, 
She's but so- that's, that's what I would love for Small Doses to become, like a space where when we do it live, it's a forum for healing. And even if you don't feel comfortable coming to the mic, it feels good to hear somebody else say your story. You know, it feels good to hear somebody else talk about what you're going through in words that you may not have th- thought of. And when you throw some humor on the shit, you know, it just makes it a little bit more easier to uh, conceptualize and it makes it more palpable. So before we get out of here, this is our closing statement. The last dose. Yo, you really killing that shit. Like, <laughs> God damn, she has, she has chimes in that bitch. There was definitely a gong. There was definitely a gong. <laughs> wow. Before we get out of here, take a moment to ask yourself: Like, is my work working for me, or am I working to work? And I think that's really what it ends up being in terms of like how we conceptualize, am I a workaholic? Like, am I considering my work before I consider myself? You know, and sometimes it can be something even as basic as when you wake up in the morning, try not looking at your phone first. Like just try waking up and having some thoughts before the phone gives you your thoughts. You know, and sometimes it's like, I know for me, like, I look at my phone too soon. And I'm like, fuck, I didn't want to see that. And so when it comes to work, it's like, I will look at an email that's pissed me off that's already come from New York because they've been up for three fucking hours ruining my life before I can even start my life. So, you know, I try to, I've tried to implement just taking a second before I go to bed and before I wake up to just get centered outside of all those things. And I don't know if anyone's ever seen the Kevin Costner baseball film For the Love of the Game. It's a classic. Uh, It's not really, but it's really good. And he's a pitcher. He's a pitcher, and when he's on the mound, he says to himself, control the mechanism. Sorry. He says to himself, uh, secure the mechanism. And basically, what that has become for me is like, it's meditative for me. It's just like, just calm the mechanism. Like, we're working all the time. We're working. Our bodies are combustion, right? We're giving off energy all the time, energy all the time. And when we're a workaholic, eventually you're going to burn out. You're going to burn out. And when that happens, you're going to realize that everything you were working for feels like you lost it. And you don't want to feel that way. Nobody wants to feel that way. So why not take a moment and start working towards working on yourself and giving yourself space to enjoy this little time we have on this earth with this shitty ass president. Um, (laughs) So I thank you all so much. I'll be uh, performing tomorrow night here at Clusterfuck. Clusterfuck. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's Clusterfest, but it's a Clusterfuck after you're drunk. Yay. So I'll be doing stand-up tomorrow night uh, at 6 o'clock, so I hope you guys can come out to that. Thank you all again for coming out to the first small dose. Give it up for Amanda Seals, y'all. Give it up for Chris Red, y'all. Give it up for Seals. I knew you got Funky. <laughs> Star Bands Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.